0: Hello, this is Harrison Kim and you're listening to Working with People by PaveStep. The Working with People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring in people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Adam here with us today. How are you, Adam? Good. I'm doing well, Harrison. Thanks for having me today. No, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. So before we get started on all of our meaty conversation around safety, the future of office space and physical space for our employees,
1: Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name's Adam Bacall. I'm a partner at Office Resources, and we're located in New York City. Our address is 1501 Broadway, right in the heart of Times Square. And what we do is really provide office solutions for companies. Typically, in the past, it has been companies who are moving or companies who need to reconfigure their space or companies who are just looking for solutions. I think now that you have the new normal is kind of abnormal. The kinds of solutions we've been focused on are some tactical things that clients can do or business owners can do to help their employees feel a little bit more safe when we partially return to the office. We want to be able to provide some tactical solutions that are easy to implement.
0: Perfect. Today, we're going to focus not just on people, but more specifically around the physical environment that they work in and how organizations can think about their physical space going forward post-COVID-19 in the short and long term. Mm-hmm. So for you, Adam, the 2020 lockdown has definitely made the businesses question their remote work policies, safety policies, and all these different policies. Right now, there's a talk about reopening up the businesses you know, relatively soon. How should we approach opening up our offices again? What are some of the tactical things that we can do with the physical environment
1: the office? Right. Two things to keep in mind as we think of these things that we can't think of them independently is obviously organizations like the Department of Buildings will probably have some guidelines or protocols that they may mandate Right. right now, even through essential construction those organizations are coming in and getting fined because they're not keeping the six-foot distance or the temperatures aren't taken or things like that. So we have to bear in mind that with all of these recommendations, even though everything that I'll be discussing today are from white papers of experts in the commercial real estate industries and facilities industries and accounting and uh, consulting industries, we have to keep that in mind and that it's changing. In some cases, even though I think the Northeast tends to follow the template of Cuomo, I think some of the things we can think about Number one is the idea of a sanitation station, a sanitation Mm -hmm. station that could be kept when people enter the space or at various cluster points where there is larger congregation of people. So typically that would be like at the end of workstation clusters. It would be a place where masks, gloves, touchless hand sanitizing and also uh, disposable or recyclable paper desk mats that people can take with them. So it's almost, I think of it like as a cafeteria where you're going to get your food and putting everything on the tray that you need and (laughs) taking it back to your desk while you go to your desk to set it up. So I think that the first thing is having that kind of equipment available there for your employees. I think that's really important. And we can provide those, obviously, if people need them. Same thing in the bathrooms. The less touching, the better, you know? Um, So that's really the theme. So those are much more focused around
0: the physical space and physical things that we need, like PPE. If you think about cadences of meetings, how do you think about those?
1: Since the majority of the push in the furniture and design industry has been in condensing the amount of people in a space and getting as many people in there like sardines as possible, this is <laughs> the opposite. Part of uh, that come back to work, I think most tenants will find that only 50% of their staff will be able to be in the office at one time in order to keep those social distancing, right? For sake of example, if you had a six pack of people, three people and three people facing one another, you probably only have three people there. You'd have two people on one side with one space between them, like an empty seat. Then you'd have one person on the other side with a seat to his right and left or her right and left empty as well. So that's one way in the office that you would reduce your head count and keep the proper spacing. The second way is in meetings rooms like conference rooms where you might have had a 10 foot table where you could seat 10 feet people comfortably. Those are going to be halved and those are only be places where we can do meetings half the size. The other thing that I think is going to come into play a little bit more is that all companies tend to work in teams unless you're a solopreneur or you have your own practice. But when you work in teams, that kind of clustering, I think you're going to see a lot more things like dedicated phone booths for those people, for those groups. And there's not going to be the idea of hot desks or hoteling is gone. There's not going to be the, you know, walk into Microsoft and you get to pick the desk that you want to sit at. That's not going to happen anymore. Everyone's have dedicated places to be on certain days because you want to limit what things are touched. So those Got are it. some of the ways that I think. We have to think uh, a little bit more about it. The other part of it that doesn't have to do as much with furniture, but the physical environment is messaging in the office space, keeping your distance. The best example I can give people now is the, the Trader Joe's lines where they separate you by six feet and, you know, they have the markings on the ground. So you have markings on the ground and markings all through the office that are branded for that particular company or division that message the pedestrian flow of traffic in the office. So I think you're going to be seeing definitely a lot more of that. And all those things have to be messaged on people's websites. Are you a company that requires masks for face-to-face meetings? Things like that. So I think all those things are coming up. And I'm not trying to be an alarmist in any way. I just think at least in phase one right now, which is sort of the bridge phase, because we don't have those laws that are coming into play, are -hmm. changing daily. Those codes are different things. So all we can go with now which is what you and I talked about, is just keeping the office as safe as possible so that employers know that they're doing what they can uh, and that employees feel safe coming back to the office because that's going to be an individual choice for a lot of employees. Yeah.
0: Right, and it's so interesting. Figuring out the walk flow, where people are walking and how they're lining up and things like that, that stuff is not something that people often think about at all with office space, but now it's become... Really important.
1: <laughs> right. know right. I was going to say, you know, everyone keeps calling it the new normal. It's really the new abnormal. It's diametrically opposed. It's the exact opposite of the way the trends for offices have been. Space mm-hmm. is set such a premium that packing in as many people as you can and using your commercial office space as a branding and or marketing tool is so important that that's the direction it was in, and now we have to expand that. Companies need to take less space, or if they're an existing space, figure out a way to make it work for them.
0: Right. How are you and your team preparing to go back to work?
1: We're advising landlords right now who are asking us these questions and business owners who are asking us these questions. You know, obviously, with a lot of the bankruptcies that are out there, there's going to be a, a tremendous amount of space that comes back to the market in sublet form. A lot of that space is going to be furnished. The WeWorks, who have laid off a lot of people, and the notels who have laid off a lot of people may also have some floors and space that's coming back to those landlords. So part of the services that we're offering is being able to sit down with the landlord and provide exactly what we'll talk about on this call today, but really some very tactical, quick solutions to reconfigure and make, uh, make the space. It's really in, in the landlord's case, take an asset that has really Decreased in value considerably, right? Right. And trying to revive it to make it an asset that has some value to someone else on the outside who might be coming in. So, for our offices, we're definitely going to be having multiple sanitation stations on casters, on our bathroom walls. Uh, We're going to have a protocol for people to come in in terms of making sure that the guests do one thing and that the employees do another thing. We're talking about having half of our employees come in, even within teams, having Half those teams come in at a time and switching those people who come in and the messaging, obviously, that's going to be there. I think we're going to have higher screens. Right now we have we have screens that are 42 inches high. So I think that what we're going to probably do is mount screens to the surfaces that are more like 20 inches high so that so that really the face is covered in front of you and to your left and right as you're seated. I hate to say it, but it's like the same sneeze guards that you see in uh, <laughs> in restaurants or at cashiers sometimes right. uh, those are the kinds of things that we're thinking of implementing. I do compare this to uh, you know what's happening now with covid nineteen to to what happened with the Americans with Disabilities Act and bathrooms and construction for new construction, there are very strict guidelines around that accessibility for people with disabilities. however, for buildings that have these bathrooms already we're Complying is not possible, or complying 100% is impossible. There are certain things that can be done to make it better and to improve it. And that's what we're looking at right now in sort of this bridge phase and phase one. What can we do? No one has all of the answers. And even though things are changing every day, I'm certainly not recommending that people completely retrofit their offices so it feels like a pharmaceutical R&D facility. (laughs) We're just trying to take tactical approach to what can be done now. And all of the recommendations I have on a document I put together are very quick and simple and available to someone from the time they order it within five to six weeks. And I was going to say that that's important for everybody now because that's when we're going to be going back to the office. So if you're not thinking about it now, you may be late with some of those things, or maybe would want them in place prior to getting your employees to start partially coming in. So I think it's important that we think about those things now. And and the way I put it together is more of a menu of options that people can select that they can go through. Some of it is a personal space that they're creating. Some of it is creating demising structures in the open space. So that could be like, temporary walls we have, which are 78 inches high and can be 100 inches wide and can be made of materials like acrylic or laminate, which are not as porous as things like fabric. Those are things that we can use to demise space a little bit more and add some protection to those. I'll call them clusters or teams that tend to work together.
0: Right. And I know you have sent me this document around some of the tactical solutions that you know, you've thought about and your team has thought about and just to be clear with the audience, you know, this isn't just something that, you know, Adam is out here trying to sell or market. It's these are suggestions that he's figured out that I think a lot of different solution providers and some of the things that you don't even provide, but are just Correct. good suggestions in general. Yeah. Um, do you want to give a few more examples around what they yeah. are? And I, I know it's kind of hard to describe some of these because they're actually things that people it,
1: haven't even seen. <laughs> right. Some of these, right? It, it pictures better. And and everyone at the end of this, if you know, you want to provide my email address, is welcome to email me, yeah. and you know, I will share the document with them, and they can share it with other people. Some of the items, for instance, that I don't sell are no-touch faucets in the bathrooms locks on the doors, even the main door to get into the space that are controlled by apps so that they can be opened without having to be touched. Those are all things I don't offer, but I can certainly direct them to people who do. I was speaking with an architect yesterday and facing and air quality are the two most important things, keeping that social distance of six feet, which seems to be the mark right now. And things like installing HEPA filters for clean air that could be installed in someone's existing HVAC system are things that people can do. Cool. That makes a lot of sense. So coming back to
0: your team, how are you thinking about dealing with your team's anxiety about returning to the workspace? You know, I think this goes along with your message. How are you thinking about that internally?
1: Even though every situation is different, I often try to harken back to other comparisons like I did with the ADA. But after 9-11, there was a lot of fear of coming into the office space. And what ended up happening was there was a, a system of security and you know, in certain buildings that followed with IDs and signing in and you know lots of other things that went on, which definitely mitigated the problem. I think coming back to the office, and again, I don't know the legalities of this because that's the other scary part of this. I've been reading that some businesses are are fearful of opening because they may have exposure. And I kind of put that in quotes because someone may be exposed to the virus by being at work and they don't want to have that liability. So to answer your question, if if you go back to 9-11, all those measures were put in place. And I think the decision to come back to work and when people came back to work was a very personal one. Companies definitely thought about building managers and companies thought about things like access to the air filters, not being right outside where someone could do something. The mail was scrutinized, remember, because there was lots of things with the just regular snail mail. Uh, the messaging around packages and things like that are things being left alone that the police still have around the subways. It's definitely more of a challenge for New York City than anywhere else because of how dense the population is. Uh, But in in every one of those cases, in 9-11 and even in the dot-com bust, it took about five years for a full recovery, for everything to come back and continue to grow. So I think we're in for a a long and slow improvement. I think it's going to take some time. And I think in terms of the anxiety, we're listening to our employees and having calls with them. We have daily calls with our team to talk about everything that's happening. Some of the group tends to break off and maybe work on a separate portion of a project If people are slow, but interested in learning about it, we told people they can keep the Zoom meeting on and just listen while everyone works and keep it on mute. You can work on your own things and just chime in if you have an answer or have a question. It almost, in a strange way, keeps you visually and kind of psychically connected while you're working so people don't feel like they're working in a vacuum.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. How remote employee penetration is going to look is very, very interesting going forward Mm -hmm. because I'm sure... A lot of employees will not only be slow to coming back to on site office space mm-hmm. but also really maybe enjoying this work from home situation mm-hmm. and wants to
1: make that permanent right yeah yeah the, the technology part of working from home it was learning by trial, you know like right. you know a lot of people weren't familiar with zoom and and all of a sudden became familiar and and technology is also one way that people could look at to be a lot safer. The other thing I'm seeing from from other fortune five hundred companies is that they wanna start to standardize what they can provide to their employees who are working from home, like height adjustable desk. For a company like ours, we don't typically make individual deliveries like that. Furniture comes into a large warehouse of ours and then we distribute, deliver and install it to a particular building that has a loading dock. So it's much more scaled. But uh, we were talking with several law firms about being able to do this, maybe for Mm -hmm. a cluster of employees that are in the same geographical territory, and with law firms, they also have often a stipend that's used for furniture in the office. So maybe having that stipend for the home office might be better. I don't know about you, but I'm, and I'm in the industry sitting on my uncomfortable kitchen chair. <laughs> I would love it if uh, I had some more comfortable things to be able to work on. Yeah. Uh, and I think companies are going to start to think about that, too, because part of taking care of your employees as the personal and professional sort of mesh a little bit is right, taking right. care of them at home when they're working and taking care of them in the office as well when they're working. I think nowadays it's a a little more acceptable, even on a conference call or on a Zoom call, to say like, hey, sorry, I have to take care of my five-year-old kid because the interruptions are understandable given what everybody's going through. So I think the tolerance for that is going to change. And I think we're going to see, the numbers are showing, we're going to see a lot more of a shift towards working from home. Absolutely. This is a really helpful
0: insight and a lot of tactical stuff. You know, I have one more fun question for you. What is your favorite recent movie or TV show that you've been binge watching at home?
1: I've watched FAUDA on Netflix, F-A-U-A, which is about Israeli and Palestinian conflict. And uh, I think the reason I've been watching it is that everything is so unpredictable. (laughs) I'm attracted to the unpredictability of it because it really is not predictable, just like we're in a time now where everything is really unpredictable. You know, it's strange how, how strong... The United States is and people are in general all over the world in terms of the fortitude people have to be able to adapt to circumstances where they don't know if there's going to be a bomb that explodes or something that's going to be happening at any moment. And so I've, I've been watching that a lot with my wife and we've been enjoying it. Cool. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Where can the audience find you in your thought leadership, especially, you know, the presentation that you just shared with me has a lot of tactical suggestions on the office furniture and how they could look going forward. I know you talked about a few of them. You know, where can they yeah. reach
1: out to you to? Get sure, so they can they can email me at Adam Bacall. It's A-D-A-M-B-A-C-A-L-L at O-R-I.com. And the O-R-I stands for Office Resources Inc. So AdamBacall at ORI.com. And I'd be happy to email anyone this. Like I said, it's really it's agnostic to manufacturers. It's really just to help people through this and make some important decisions furniture being a small piece of that whole puzzle.
0: Awesome. Thank you all for listening to Working with People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com/podcast. Thanks Adam. Yep, thanks Harrison.